Hey everyone, Don here. Welcome to another uh, episode of Friday Night Stripes. I'm going to have a, a bit of a potluck here tonight. going to cover a few different topics. Um, the first thing I wanted to do was uh, read off, uh, actually uh, play for you one, uh, one response um, to the Des Moines episode and then read an email I received as well. So first, uh, somebody called into the uh, voicemail line and left a, a video, uh, I'm sorry, an audio response, a voicemail for it. So let's go ahead and play that here from Josh. Hey, John, Josh, just wanted to leave you a message in regards to your disappointment in Des Moines show. I'm calling on my way to my varsity Friday night football game here in Soggy, Michigan. And uh, definitely want to make sure that it's called out and however we can make sure that the younger officials in this profession understand is that the actions taken by that school board have unfortunately caused probably some people to second-guess themselves, and honestly, myself included, in that situation. When we have those iffy situations, it gives me that feeling that I should throw a flag in order to go ahead and avoid all the possible litigation, litigious issues, notes from boards and school boards and athletic directors, etc. And I bet that that official that's dealing with this probably would have said multiple times to himself it probably would have been better, even if it was wrong, to have just thrown a flag to shut this whole situation down. And that's a real shame, especially knowing we've got a lot of impressionable young officials that are definitely doing this job. So it's a little sad that that's the case, and I definitely hope that you can tease that conversation out a little bit further. Love the show. Love listening to it. Let's do it on my Friday nights and sometimes my Thursday nights on the way to games. Go ahead and get me ready for what I'm about to do. You're doing a wonderful job, as all our other officials are doing, so I appreciate you and appreciate them, too. Keep it real. Thanks for that, Josh. Um, second, we got a, I got another response from uh, another listener, uh, and I'll read it here. Hi, my name is Mike Strawn, and I, along with L.D. Darter, have a radio show in Ardmore, Oklahoma, on KICM, known as Ref's Corner. We listen to your podcast every week and actually use your podcast on our pregame on the way to our games. So thank you for everything that you do. The incident that happened at Des Moines is inexcusable. For me, I thought the official was correct with the no call and you have an assistant coach that was just blatantly out of line. He was flagged and ejected as he should have been. The media coverage of this has been disappointing and irresponsible. I did not see helmet-to-helmet contact, and as I mentioned previously, I feel as though they should have cited the rule and not stated that the official missed the call because, in my eyes, I would have made the same call. Watching the play, I felt it was ridiculous that this father was more concerned with the referee than his own son's well-being. As far as the superintendent and that school, I, as a coordinator, would decline future games. Due to the fact that there is a shortage, we do have the luxury to pick and choose where we go. If you do not have the support from the administration and they act like fans, it isn't a safe or comfortable environment to work in. This is just my opinion. We tape our shows on Monday evenings, and this is something we will discuss tonight. Thanks for that, Mike. Um, so, but both of both of the people who who responded make excellent points. Um, I think that's the general consensus is is that. It's questionable whether even even officials should work those schools. Um, I, I know there's also the opinion that you don't want to take it away from the kids. Um, if you don't work the schools, then the, the, the kids are being punished for something that the adults are doing. Um, it's certainly, it, it, you can play it either way. Uh, I do not know 
what the um, what the Iowa and local Des Moines response from the officials associations there has been as far as dealing with the uh, the response they got from the school district. Um, I haven't seen any further coverage. The the only thing I saw was an editorial by the same news station who was covering it that night. Um, and it, it was more, uh, you know, how they have the local news has their editorial guy who comes on and speaks for two minutes. Um, and and he, he, he tried to toe the line a little bit and play to both sides. Um, but one thing he did say was he said the, the coach apologized and therefore that was enough. Well, everything I've seen is that the coach apologized to the ADs and to the coach. He, it's never been reported that he apologized to the officials. So if he didn't, then it's not enough. Um, to go further, um, the what came out after I recorded that episode previously was that he came onto the field telling the referee he was going to effing kill him. Um, and that's why charges were pressed against uh, the coach. Um, whether you take that as just football talk or a threat, it, it, it it's your, your decision. It's your, your opinion, how you want to interpret that. Um, I, I can see both sides of it. Um, I certainly think that the bigger problem here, coaches will react and coaches will get out of the line and everything that happened to the coach for that game. And afterwards was handled. He was ejected from the game. He was charged with with a crime, so it was all handled. Um, so that part of it, I don't, I don't really worry about. The coach did it. The coach did it. So you know, not if we know he did it. Um, it's more the reaction of the school district that really got me worked up over it. So um, hopefully we'll hear from from the Des Moines area um, group, the association there, and see if if any overtures were made to them or if the school district is just uh, digging in and, and continuing to blame the officials. So I, I, I'll be interested to see. And, and if I hear anything, I will certainly follow up on this one. So now we're going to go into the, the review portion of the um, of tonight's episode. I've got two things I wanted to review real quickly. Um, one that happened to me and one that I, w I happened to catch on the Facebook group that the, the more you thought about it, and the more you thought about the different things that can happen, the more interesting it became. So um, the first one is the last game I worked were between two, two high quality teams. Um, first play of the game, I've got a defender lined up in the neutral zone. And I usually will give that defender a warning. Um, I will usually give, uh, I, unless it's egregious, I will usually give the defender a warning. However, I had coaches in my ear, coaches looking right down the line with me, and they could see that he was in the neutral zone. Um, I know I probably shouldn't let that influence what, what I chose to do. Um, I chose to kill it and... and, and um, call encroachment um the degree of encroachment was about half a helmet um so it was enough that it was encroachment i usually won't call the tip of a helmet and i certainly wouldn't that night even if the uh the coaches have been yelling at me uh, but this was about half the head so it was enough to to go ahead and get um and then two plays later he did it again and 
After that, he backed off a little. And then I see the, I'm on the, uh, as I said, I was on the side of the offense. I was on the sideline of the offense. I see the opposite coach on the other sideline giving the, um, giving the headlinesman grief over my call. And what he was saying, and I could see him pantomiming, was he was saying the center was moving the ball forward after his guy was set. So I tried to pantomime back that I would watch it by pointing at my eye. I don't know if they saw me or not. Um, And I told the coach behind me that, hey, the other coach believes that your center is moving the ball forward, making his guy uh, illegal. And certainly the center was moving the ball. What I think happened early in that game on the two times I called encroachment, I think the center had already moved the ball forward and then the defender lined up. I don't think it was after the defender lined up. Just replaying it in my head in the moment, I didn't think that that was something that could happen. Um, But after I had the discussion with the coach on my sideline, the center never moved the ball forward. And we only had one more encroachment, you know, three series later. So something changed, whether it was on the offense or defense, I can't say. Um, But... Fortunately, that got resolved because it it felt really bad letting the game start with you know two encroachment penalties almost consecutively. That that was that kind of sucked, um, to be honest. Um, and and I apologize to referee as I was coming in, but I was like I, I I hate to start it this way, but this is what we got. So, um, the other one was a video that was on Facebook for a play two, three weeks ago where a defender picked up a fumble and ran the wrong way, um, was running towards his own end zone. Um, and he was clear. He was going to make it all the way. And you could see all his teammates pantomiming, trying to get him back to, to go the other way. Eventually, one of his teammates caught him and tackled him. So we've got nothing there, and that's all fine, well, and good. Um, but the more you think about it, the more it's interesting to think about the different things that could have happened. So let's, let's first off say that you've got the defender running the wrong way and you've got his teammates chasing him and you've got one of the, um, the other team chasing as well. Is that player allowed to block one of his own teammates? Um, there's no reason not. As long as it's a legal block, there's no reason that, that the team who lost the ball can't prevent the... Uh, the guy from running into his own end zone as long as they're blocking legally. Um, so, so that's interesting. Um, what's also interesting is let's say the kid made it all the way to the end zone. Um, he's probably going to drop the ball. So first, the officials have to remember not to blow the whistle the minute he crosses the, the goal line. It's such a different play. It's such a unique play that you don't see often. I could easily see an official blowing that dead the minute he crossed the goal line and calling it a safety. Um, but the ball's not dead. So that ball is, is live till it dies. So he runs into the end zone and, and let's, and, and then he let's, let's go through what he could do. He runs through the end zone, then kneels in celebration. Okay. We got a safety. That's easy. He runs in the end zone and drops the ball, um, and, and starts celebrating and, the team that lost the ball picks it up, falls on it. We've got a touchdown for that team, um, which would have been a really interesting result. Um, if he runs through the end zone, we've got a safety. 
Um, so it, it was just really interesting to, to, to run through it in your mind and go, if I ever see that happen, I've got to know not to blow the whistle when he gets in the end zone. Um, so it, 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 I wanted to bring it up for, if nothing else, that point alone, because I thought that point was, was really important. Um, had a game a few weeks ago where um, towards the end of the game, the punter was retreating into his own end zone just to run out the clock. Um, and the referee blew the whistle when he entered the end zone, and there ended up being 1.6 seconds left. Um, so that wasn't a great thing to have happen. Um, but it, it did not materially impact the game. So in, in the end, it didn't matter. Um, the referee said he thought the clock had run out because he had been counting in his head. So um, that, that's what his, uh, his rationale was for it. And, and I, I fully understand what he was. He was trying to prevent anybody from getting hurt. It was a situation where really we're worried about people getting hurt more than we are about the score because the score was irrelevant at that time. So um, that's what happened there. So anyway, just a couple of different things to think about there. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about tonight was um, something that, that has always stuck in my craw as, as something that should be gotten away with. Um, but will probably never be gotten away with because of, of what it brings to the game. Um, and, and there were a couple situations this weekend that, that really highlighted the problem. So what I'm talking about is I'm talking about the chains. Um, I personally am a strong believer that we should never measure. Um, I think bringing the chains out onto the field to measure gives an illusion of, of precision that does not exist. Um, we are using that chain to, to measure down to the last, you know, quarter inch of whether it's a first down or not. And we all know as officials, the number of things that have happened between when it was first down and when we're measuring that are just imprecise. So, we, we bring out these chains to show precision, and yet we've had, you know, at, at least five different instances of imprecision before then. So I just wanted to rant on that just a little while. I mean, the, 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 first, the first one was the, um, the Miami-Georgia Tech game, the end of the Miami-Georgia Tech game um, this weekend. So what happened there was Miami has it on fourth down. They, they go down. They run for the first, They throw the ball for the first down, I believe, if I remember right. Um he catches it at about the four-ish, okay? Which side of the four is is up for debate and is critical. Um, but he's at the four-ish. He gets driven back. His arm hits the ground, and then he drives forward to the three. So I don't remember what the initial call was. It went to replay. They said, okay, his, his forward progress was stopped at the four. Um, and where they ended up placing it was they ended up placing the nose of the ball halfway on the four. The chain, when stretched, reached to the front edge of the four. The minute I saw that, that surprised me a bit. Um, I know in college they're a lot more um, precise as far as saying that this is where the ball is. We're not going to fudge it at all. I know in high school, we tried to put things on lines, especially for first downs. Um, if the ball, if, if in this example, 
if we'd had a run to where the run ended on the front edge of the 14, I know we all would probably have marked that ball at the back edge of the 14 just so we can say, okay, if he reaches the four, it's a first down. Um, if, if you officiate to where you're very precise and you put on the front edge, great, you, you, do, you do that as well. Um, but I, I, I do know that a lot of times we're just looking for what makes game administration smoother. So I went back to, to see what the first down looked like, to see where the ball was on first down. The replay did not show where the ball was, where they had spotted the ball. So I couldn't tell if technically the ball was spotted on the front edge of the 14 or the back edge of the 14 or where it was spotted, which is where the chain should have been set. What I did see was in the background, I can see that at the snap, they are still setting the chains. The box is set, they're still setting the chains. Um, knowing how far off the sideline um, the, the chains can be set. Um, this looked like the chains were probably three to four yards off the sideline. Um, so that introduces a, a measure of imprecision in and of itself. So wherever he set it, he's already a little imprecise based on where the, the ball was. Um, in addition, what's used when they measure the clip, having done enough clips, on for, for, for bowl games here in Orlando and, and high school playoff games. Um, I know that the clip can can feel a little imprecise also. You can be off by a, at least one chain link, if not two, um, depending on where you're setting it. I know that there was one bowl game where I was at the, uh, I was setting the clip at the 25 and I, and, and I, I was two yards off the, sideline right where we should have been and the line so the 25 yard line ran all the way across the field and then there was a two yard stripe for the white and then the 25 yard line is right where the coach's box starts so they they had painted a line for that that line was at least an inch off from where the 25 was so anybody who's not paying attention would just slapped it on the line and said that's good i i i when I was looking at it, I had to look at it five, six times to go, no, this is off. And I moved it to where the actual yard line was. And when the, uh, when the sideline official came over at one point, I said, hey, I want you to be aware. If we're ever at this yard line, this line right here is off by at least an inch. So you're not going to see that I put the clip there. And his, his response was, I trust you to put the clip where you think it needs to go. Um, so really my, my rant is, is that we do a lot of things that are imprecise um, from spotting the ball. Um, we don't know exactly where the ball was when it was down. We, we, we were, we're probably pretty close. We, we've done enough that we're probably within an inch or two. Um, if it's down near the sideline, uh, and not, but not at the sideline, then we're going to put our foot down, toss the ball into the umpire, and he's going to place that ball about where he thinks our foot is. Again, another measure of imprecision that can be a couple inches off. So my, my whole rant is that we do all these things that are imprecise and then we bring these chains out and it's like we've got a, a, a ruler that we're saying, yep, they only made nine yards and 11 inches, so they didn't make it. 
I would much rather see them. I'd much rather see the referee come up, say, "Okay, chain set at the front edge of the 14. This ball is sitting in the middle of the 14. We're going to say it's not a first down and and move on." Um, it would it would speed the game up by two, three, four, five minutes, depending on how many measurements you have in a game. Um, and if they're always looking to way, for ways to speed it up, that's one. So um, that, that was just my little rant on, on measurements and, and how I'd love to see them gone from the game. Um, I know whenever I'm line judge, I do my darndest to make sure that we don't have one. Uh, if it's close enough to be a first down, it's a first down. If it is definitively short by a couple inches, I will say it's short. Um, I'm not giving everybody first downs. I'm just making sure that where I spot the ball is definitively short or long um, and, and rarely ever, you know, close enough to where we need a measurement. Um, so that's that's my little rant on um, on chains and the, the illusion of precision there. Um, other than that, I think that's all we've got for today. Um Again, if, if you have any comments or questions on any of this, feel free to, uh, to email them at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. Send them on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes or Facebook at Friday Night Stripes. Or you can also leave a voicemail at uh, 407-588-7224. So other than that, everybody go have great games. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'Em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.